This podcast series is brought to you by World of Coffee Dubai and DXB Live. Expand your specialty coffee brand into the fastest growing specialty coffee market in the world by becoming an exhibitor at the next World of Coffee Dubai in 2024. I will be there, so head to worldofcoffeedubai.com and join the mailing list to get notified when booth registrations become available. Check the show notes for further details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar. And the, on this episode of the podcast, where we are live broadcasting from World of Coffee in Dubai, um, we are honored to be joined by Zainab Al. How do I not know how to say it again? <laughs> Just Musawi. Musawi. Zainab Al Musawi. Zainab, thank you so much for being a guest. You are like a coffee soul sister to me. Because you come, you're an honorary Australian, even though you're a local here. Ah, oh, proudly. I am thrilled. <laughs> Thank you for having me over. It's my pleasure. I, I wanted to have you to have this conversation because you have experienced the coffee industry outside of the Middle East and then came back to the Middle East and decided that you're going to follow your, your passion project with To The Moon and Back. So we're going to get to that in a little bit. All but right. tell everyone what you like what your journey was like in coffee and how it started not in coffee to get to coffee so honestly it started uh before moving to melbourne that was in uh, 2008 is when i first moved there yeah i never drank coffee in my life not even arabic coffee even though it's it's a huge part of our culture Uh uh-huh uh never tried it never liked coffee i was a karak like a tea with milk kind of gal yeah and then uh, when I moved to Melbourne in 2008, um, I saw this huge culture uh, that there were cafes everywhere right next to each other. And each one of them had a line. And I was like, this is crazy. What is going on? <laughs> uh, and still, I, I didn't try it. I never tried coffee until one day as a student, I wanted to get extra cash. Uh, so I decided to apply for a cafe. Uh-huh. And I was uh, I was honestly working as a waitress first. Yeah. And then I was just curious, looking at the barista doing all those like fancy, you know, yeah. it's like it was very old school manual back then. Where were you working? Uh, somewhere in uh, Port Melbourne. Okay. When I first started. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's just everybody was like he was just doing this like you know it's yeah. like fancy stuff and I told him I was like I'm very curious and I would love to try coffee and never tried it and. There was this like magic drink called flat white. And I was like, I want to try that because it's the most common one. Yeah. And he was like, there you go. And I tried it and I was like, oh, you know, that moment. We call this a God shot. Yeah. It was brilliant. And I was like, what is this? And I was hooked immediately. And I asked the barista to teach me everything I want to know about coffee. And then I was promoted as a barista. So I was working behind the bar with them and i just fell in love and uh, i didn't even stop there i went and i got my certificates into coffee like hospitality yeah uh all the basics about coffee and then about farms and then i started traveling to coffee farms all over the world and it just like grew from from there where did you go which origin countries i went to sumatra and i went to jakarta and i went to somewhere in bali and uh yeah that's about it in terms of like farms but what did that, like all that richness that you went to origin and in Melbourne, then you come back home and then what happens? 
so there was a lot of uh, you know the coffee festivals they were happening all over like there's an Amsterdam London I did yeah. not leave a place where I didn't like and each year they were like doing multiple ones yeah. and every two months even though I was studying and I was working at the same time I was like I have to attend so every two months I'd be in a different country wow. just for the coffee festival <laughs> and I would come back and it was it was crazy uh, and then for 10 years I stayed in Melbourne and after coming back I honestly like really missed the culture of the coffee over there yeah and I was so happy to see that specialty coffee was just starting it yeah. was like such a niche market uh, by then and uh, I decided I want to be part of it like I want to pioneer in this like I want to have mm -hmm. my own little space and I want to do all my experimentation and I want to bring that culture with me yeah. because honestly I as many cafes as they were back then I still felt like there was something missing something yep. that I'm used to in Melbourne like, yeah you are aware of that the culture in well, Australia. Well, I'm a Sydney girl, so... I mean, it's still, it's the capital of uh, coffee, you know? Uh, and I missed that. Yeah. And I thought I wanted to have my little haven. I never imagined that I would grow, honestly. I just, like, wanted to have that space for myself. Yeah. Just to feel safe, like a safe space. Yeah. And uh, before knowing it, a uh, whole community was growing around. And I am so blessed today to have regulars from day one and and familiar faces like most of my friends that i have today are actually customers Coffee people are customers oh, yeah customers. i feel you on that because you you form this special bond with your customers like that the 30 seconds is that they spend with you every day because yes. in sydney it was such a fast-paced thing right yeah. so it was 30 seconds every morning but it's such an intimate 30 seconds where they're telling you about their children and they're telling you about their work and they're telling you about the things that are important to them, the most important things to them that day. Absolutely. Which is just magic. Yeah. There was a story, like, I don't know how much time we have. We've got, <laughs> we've got another 15 minutes, so okay. go for it. So it is a very interesting story. Like, I just recently, for four years, now TTMB is like four years old. Every day I see this customer and familiar face, but we never interacted with each other. Because I'm a shy person, so uh -huh. I kind of like sometimes hide and not say uh -huh. that I'm the owner, but I'm like there. Oh, I love that. And then he caught me on the anniversary day. And if he's listening, <laughs> he will <laughs> recognize that. And then uh, he told me that he's from Virginia. Uh -huh. And uh, he told me that to the moon and back reminds him of where he used to live 14 years ago or so. Because he used to live next to NASA. Next to? NASA. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Virginia. In Virginia. Wow. And that, uh, it's like, it just reminds him of that. And he feels like he's home just because of the little cafe that is space themed. Aww. And for me, it's like, I see him every single day for four years. And wow. just to know that story, like it really warmed my heart. And I, I, I was so emotional that day. And it's just been wondering like how many stories mm. do the people who visit TTMB have that actually brings them back every single day. Yeah. So that is fascinating. A, a very Australian approach to the coffee industry because my experience here has been different from the Australian way. And, and what you're uh, so, what I mean by that is you go into a cafe, the hospitality is fantastic, and uh, everyone is very attentive, and the experience is beautiful. The cafes yeah. here are amazing. And Australia really could learn a lot from the design <laughs> of cafes and stuff like that. The, the coffee's awesome. 
they're using beautiful coffees. Here, yeah. everyone buys really beautiful coffees. So the whole end-to-end experience is amazing. But I don't get the sense that there's a, an intimacy that comes between the barista and the customer mm. uh, the same way that that happens in Australia with the Australian hospitality because your barista is like becomes your friend exactly in Australia. Yeah. Whereas you're bringing a whole other layer to this experience with to the moon and back. So it's more like a suburban kind of the, the way suburban cafes would approach things now in Sydney post-COVID yeah. because there was like a, a shift in the way that cafes were run. You know, in Melbourne and in Sydney, it's all in the cities, like, yeah. right? That's all changed. It's all spread out to the suburbs and people's working from home and they became really intimately connected conversationally with their bruises yes and and now you're doing that here i'm loving it i'm loving it and it's not just the baristas knowing the stories of the customer and like being friends i see friendships are forming between me and the customers and between the customers themselves They don't shy out from introducing themselves to each other. So it all became like a very intimate space where everybody almost knows everybody or they're like getting to know each other. Uh, They're talking to the person behind them and eventually like finding interest. I got people who got married, actually like started dating and met each other for the first time into the moon and back. No way. And they're having their anniversaries every year at to the moon and back. How old is to the moon and back? Four years. In four years, this is noir outside, <laughs> crashing the whole booth. I love it. <laughs> you can't take him anywhere. It's all the caffeine. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had breakfast yet and it's almost five o'clock in the afternoon. That's a lie, folks. I have fed him. I, I do feed people who work with me. But what, I'm, what I mean is like the beautiful thing about a business that's been going for that long the story starts to write itself and the history starts to unfold where now you've got people who are customers who are getting married. Yes. Wow. What does it feel like to have a business that's four years old? I, um, I'm still in disbelief, to be honest. Really? It's just, it's so, I, I feel so blissed and I don't feel this like day to day, but every single time someone comes and reminds me about how beautiful of a space to the moon and back is because you know it's like i get caught up in the in the everyday operational work and mm. like working a new project and stuff so it's it's hard for me sometimes to notice those things and how much people can relate and can feel like they're one with the space yeah but then just like someone sends me a message and telling me their story and how much to the moon and back actually mean like means to them i have a guy who was a regular for a whole year when we first started and then he just disappeared and then after a year he sends me an email telling me his story and what he's been through and how to the moon and back like how to the moon and back actually inspired him and he used to come every single day journaling and now he's like this big shot somewhere in in another country and he actually took the time to specifically address this letter to me Wow. And he never, he was like, I never knew whether you're going to read it as the owner or not. Wow. But I just thought of giving it a shot. And I actually teared reading that. Yeah. And just like seeing, it's like, I, I never, never intended that. But I am so grateful for all of the stories that I'm hearing and all of the emotions and the, how people are relating to, to the moon and back. It's just, it's, it's not just a cafe for me. 
It sounds like it's not just a cafe for them either. No. Which is, that's the magic of what we do in coffee, right? Like yes. I, I, when I came out of the corporate world and start, 20 years ago started working in coffee, I couldn't believe people got paid to do what we do. I was like, I went home and told my husband at the time, I'm like, I don't, I feel guilty taking money for what I do <laughs> because I love it so much. I feel like okay, I did it because I wanted to learn how to be of service yeah. to people. And I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. Then I start doing it and I'm like, I, I get sad that my day at work ends. And I'm super pumped to go to work every morning. Mm -hmm. And then to feel like you're getting paid for that didn't seem like it was fair because I got so much out of it that I didn't need to be paid to do it. Yeah. 20 years later, I still feel the same way. I just do it in a different way. I feel so honored to bear witness to what's happening here. We are seeing the, I know, I know the industry is not new here, but it is new here. It is new. It's like to bear witness to the newness of what's going on that is so different mm -hmm. to the way that the Australian coffee industry operates or the American coffee industry operates. It feels like, like a, a really humbling experience to be able to say, I wasn't a part of it in the beginning, but I watched it happen. Yeah. It's so exciting. It is very exciting. I have days where like I just lose track of time just commenting on what you just said that my stuff goes like Zainab it's closing time really need to close and it's already been like half an hour past it and we're too shy to ask you to leave but I know you're on the owner but you need to leave <laughs> this is like this is it's, it's crazy and my I friends know it. that as well what do you think is the future where does it go from here I think it's ever growing I wouldn't say uh, uh, Dubai is a niche market anymore maybe it was in 2018 or like before that yeah. but it's it's growing immensely like it's it's crazy even like today seeing what's happening in the world of coffee today yeah it's wild isn't it's it? wild <laughs> like from all over the world like people i never imagined that they would come and exhibit in dubai really yeah the fact that we won the bed and we're hosting the world of coffee for the next uh, three years now yeah. so it's been like a five years contract it's just mind-blowing and I mean like Dubai is geographically situated and uh, that gives it uh, the bonus for being the hub yeah uh, and lots of visitors and that like the amount of tourists that are coming to Dubai and the amount of people that are moving to Dubai from around the, the globe has been increasing it's, it's crazy it's, just, it's crazy like look at the traffic uh, the traffic is exactly like when I lived in Los it's Angeles. It's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I think it's ever growing mm -hmm. and I think it's just going to expand. Like if you look at the amount of, I've been looking at statistics of uh, the growth and imports of coffee, of like green beans. And it's, I think it tripled yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Well, and they're not buying shit coffees here. No. Like it's all really amazing coffees. Yes. You go to, and the, I mean, the gambit of coffees that you're offered in any one cafe. You go to another cafe and none of the coffees that you've drunk at any of the other cafes that you drank at that day yes. are on this menu. It's all of it, like completely different, completely different origins. It's like, you don't get that in Australia. In Australia, yeah. everyone's buying the same. I mean, we're an island, we're very far away from everywhere yeah. else. But it is beautiful coffees, beautiful cafes, mm. 
like with so much potential and and it's just really exciting where it might go i'm honestly really like blown away by what you guys are doing and i think also like uh, if we compare australia to dubai australia is self-sufficient first of all being far away and then being huge and uh it used to be the capital of coffee. I don't think it is anymore. It's not. Like, yeah. I, that's we're, the first time I'm admitting that we're outside of the my spotlight. own. right in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> I think you helped that happen. But you're right. It's not the capital. Like, I hate to say this, but I'm also really proud to say it. Um, I really do believe that Dubai really is the capital of if it's not there already, it, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a minute before it I happens. I think, yes, it's definitely going to be. People got the chance to travel around the world and learn all about the different roasters. So it's like, it's crazy. The amount of roasters that we get here, it's like, as you said, every cafe have like different beans from yeah. different origins, from like countries you never even heard of. Like, right. uh, it's like, uh, it's right. just like this uh, small cafe in, in Jakarta, in Indonesia. It's wild. Uh, and and like, it's... it's uh, it's available everywhere in Dubai, and people are well aware there. They uh, they have uh, proper knowledge about coffee, and it's no longer just like like they understand what they're ordering. They understand yeah. what they want. They know what they want. Uh, they understand their palates, and uh, people are like uh, getting ever more interested about coffee. And it's not just the the. We had a period of time, it, it's still happening, but I think it's kind of like toning down yeah. where uh, lots of cafes are popping out. Yeah. Uh, now I think it's the roasters uh, thingy. Yeah. So it's like roasters are popping out, uh, Ooh, like lots yeah. of small roasters. Well, and consumers are, are starting their own roasting yes. facilities. They're we, getting the sample roasters, you know, it's like well, at home. We heard last night, we we're out with the guys from Cartel from Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And they were like, one of our customers has a 15 kilo loring in, in their house. Like, in the what house. the fuck are they roasting? How many, how many people are you roasting for? You would say like four kg. It's like 15. But even four kgs, how much coffee are you drinking that you've got a four kilo roaster in your home? A 15 kilo roaster. In a, you Ooh, must. We better wait to watch out. <laughs> we have competition in homes. And, and, and that's great. Like. It, how are your consumers? Do they the type that are coming in and schooling you guys on how you should be? A, a lot of people have said to us on the podcast that consumers are coming in and they're telling them, no, actually you need to f- like tighten the grind or you you need to to extract. It's under extracted uh, yeah. or the roast isn't right. The guys from Cartel are coming <laughs> on the podcast and they were saying that their customers came to the roaster. And they were telling her that you changed the roast profile, didn't you? Oh, wow. Because it's just slightly changed a little bit. Uh, another one. Uh, you you need to readjust the airflow. The airflow. <laughs> what? <laughs> on, the, on the roasting. <laughs> it's like, wow, I've never seen such educated consumers. Yeah. And I guess like Maurizio was saying when he was on the podcast, the starting point um, has the benefit of not having the gaps between, let's say, even the example of processing methods, right? When I started in the industry, there was naturals and washed. Yeah. Right. And from our distance from naturals and washed to honey mm-hmm. was a few years. Yeah. And then... Fast forward to a long time after that, 20 years later, we're talking about CMs and infused coffees. You guys here are starting with, that's 
all of the palette that you have to to choose from. Yeah. All of these things, and you don't have to the burden of all the mistakes we've made exactly. along the way. Exactly. Now we have like triple anaerobic fermentation. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> 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 so it's almost sometimes you just go like they they know everything like where are we headed yeah but where then, are we headed where are we heading but um i think you already know this like the specialty coffee uh it's it's sad but it's also i think we need to accept it or like we came to cur- to terms to accept it that now it's not just the arabica coffee yeah we're reaching this new market where we're gonna have to accept mixing the robusta, robusta yeah with the arabica coffee so yeah. i'm still not sure how is that gonna go like in terms of the profiles but i'm assuming that we're gonna get some interesting new profiles yeah i mean climate change is dictating that that's the way it's gonna have to go yeah. i moderated a panel today with three producers from ghana mm. i didn't even know that coffee was grown in ghana Yeah, I've I've have some or uh, some Ghana coffee. Yeah, actually. it's a it's an emerging market. Yeah, and to hear the way that these three producers, I'm gonna do a whole series with them on the podcast. Uh, these are the three trailblazers within the Ghanaian industry, right? One was an investment banker, the other one was an investment banker, and the third one's a chartered accountant. Mm-hmm. That's that was their careers before. They started producing oh, coffee. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course, the coffee industry, right? We were having that conversation before. But that's who's starting this industry. Mm-hmm. How exciting is it to have a producing country where the, the the pioneers in the industry have the richness of all of this otherworldly experience, which is definitely going to add to the 100%. Whole production. There was a security guard at the building where to the moon and back is, and he is from Ghana. So when I brought uh, uh, the sample from Ghana and I told him, you know, I was like, uh, I brewed him some Ghana coffee and I was like, there you go. He teared telling me that oh. he never even knew that his country produces yeah. like or has coffee beans. Yeah. And that was his first time ever to try beans from his own country. Yeah. It's wild. And these guys were saying that the, the, the only thing that they can grow there is Robusta. Because of climate change, because and and that's going to be the future of everything. So we benefit here. This is the first time they're coming and talking to the, to this community. Wow. Well, specialty coffee professionals. Wow. And we're going to benefit from the fact that we watched that start, and we get to watch Ghana rise as a producing country. See, this is What the an beauty honor. of having like Dubai now just know, becoming right? the hub for coffee and everybody's attracted to come to Dubai yeah. and actually like invest here and bring their own expertise. And it's just for me, it, it's making me super happy. I'm proud, I bet. I am really proud. Yeah, well, look, as an honorary Coffee Australian sister, I'm super proud of what you've done, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying. Thank you so much. It's It's been a privilege to meet you. I can't wait to come to the cafe. It's going to be Please, really wonderful. I'll be oh, waiting we're, for we're you. We're going to come. It'll be a little bit of Melbourne here in yes. here in Dubai. It's going to be really great. And thank you, Zainab. Before we do go, please tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Uh, so you can find us on Instagram. It's uh, ttmb.coffee. And uh, that's the only platform that we have. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can find us in Jumeirah too. Um, and uh, if you type in Google Maps, just TTMB and then you will find the location. Perfect. Can't wait to come and visit Thank you, you at the so cafe. Thank you so much. I'll be My waiting pleasure. for you. <laughs> I hope this wasn't too painful. <laughs> no, it wasn't painful at all. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. Peace, love and peanut butter, everybody. Have an amazing rest of your day.
Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.